Welcome, everybody, to the Boiler Alert podcast. That's a new name. Whoa. New name, similar voices. I am your host, Andrew Ledman. And I am Ryan Bonaparte. And, you know, as we talked about on, on uh, previous podcasts, we are no longer affiliated uh, with SB Nation. You know, it's touch and go. They might be extending it for another month, but we've been told to go ahead and kind of move toward our new branding. So you'll still find this in your same uh, podcast feed. You will not notice uh, anything different if you're a subscriber. So keep subscribing. Tell your friends. Um, One thing you will notice, there was a uh, different intro music there. That is by uh, More Animal. Uh, You can find More Animal on Twitter and also happens to be my brother, uh, so we played the full song there at the top. Um, he created a whole song for us. Uh, in the future, we're probably just going to do snippets at the beginning of the end, but uh, I think you'll really enjoy it. Uh, it's a lot different than our previous music because it was something that you know we didn't just pull off the shelf. It was something that um, you know was actually created specifically for us. So uh, I think it. I think it's a little more um, unique. And just allows us to have you know a clean break from from SB Nation and to our own thing as we are now with the Boiler Alert podcast. So Ryan, are you ready for this new era? Oh, I am fully prepared for all of the hot takes. Good, good. It. All right, we're no longer shackled to our <laughs> SB Nation overlords. We can do whatever we want. And so today we're going to look at the Big Ten standings, see who still has a chance uh, to share the title with Purdue. We're also going to preview Wisconsin in the second half of the podcast. Uh, But, Ryan, I've got two questions for you at the top. I know you normally only do one, uh, but there were two things that struck my eye uh, today, and I wanted to get your opinion on them. Okay. All right, number one is food-related. You may be a little too young to remember this, uh, but nine years ago there was a fabled sandwich at KFC. It was called the Double Down. The Double Down. So you're familiar with the yes. Double Down. Okay, so for those that are not yes. familiar, the Double Down is two pieces of uh, KFC fried chicken, no bun, but the chicken itself is like both the meat and the bun, and it's got bacon, cheese, and either mayo or a spicy sauce between them. It was around nine years ago. Uh, and it is apparently coming back next week and will be available for just a few weeks, so it will coincide with March Madness. So my question, Ryan, is this. Have you ever had a double down? No. Okay. Question two, are you going to have a double down as you watch March Madness? Also, no. Oh. I mean, you uh, unfortunately, me. I mean, the epitome of American <laughs> Americanism and gluttony right there. Oh, my goodness. Like... I remember that lasted what a solid three weeks when it originally I can't came remember, out. Remember, but I so uh, I used to work at KFC when I was in high school. Um, okay, so I know all the you know the delicious flavorings of KFC. Uh, this came out actually the first time. I want to say it was more than it had to have been more than nine years ago. The first time it came back came out, um, mm-hmm. and it must have just gone away nine years ago because I remember when it came out because. I was just dating my now wife, and Mm -hmm. my wife lived in the dorms uh, for her four years at Purdue. Um, It was one of those deals where her parents were like, hey, you know, you pay, you live in the dorms, we'll keep paying for it. Uh, You go to an apartment, you got to pay for it. So it's like, well, of course, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to live in the dorms. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) So she lived in the dorms. I had gone over um, to her dorm room 
and she was just like, I don't think I can, I can do anything tonight or go anywhere. Like I've got a really upset stomach. I, I just, I would, can we just like lay in here and watch something on TV? I'm like, that's fine. So she's like, she's like, I don't think I want to eat anything. And I'm like, well, I need to eat. Like I, I've got to get something. She's like, that's fine. Just go somewhere. And then eventually she, she asked me to get her something specific as I was out. So I was like, okay, I got to go, got to go there. And I cannot remember what she asked me to get her, but while I was out, I was like, I'm going to get this ridiculous sandwich from KFC. So I purchased the double down sandwich, brought it back to her dorm room, and we, I got whatever she wanted, uh, gave it to her, and was sitting in there in her dorm room, tiny dorm room. It was just a single, and she was like, that smells terrible. You can never eat that again when I mm-hmm. feel sick, because <laughs> apparently it just stunk up her dorm room. Uh, honestly, I thought it was pretty good. It was very messy. Uh, you definitely need a bun. So chicken bun, not ideal. Yeah, I think they said it was like 1,500 calories for one sandwich. It wouldn't surprise me if it was more. Just absolutely insane. And yeah, I mean, you said nine years ago, I was 14 at the time. Like, that's when I was in high school. I could have taken one of those down, but it's just, mm KFC was never really my my chicken place that uh, me or my family ever really went to. We are a Popeyes family. Well, more so. it's probably a better choice, honestly. Um, often yeah. better better food at Popeyes. Although I I will say it may be blasphemous, but I do think if you get a good KFC biscuit, if you get it right out of the oven, I think it's better than mm. Popeyes. The problem is. It, the Ooh, problem is speaking with, of hot takes. I know that's a hot take. I think the problem is with most chicken places, the workers just don't care. <laughs> They're like these. True. You know these have a fifteen minute. The biscuits were supposed to have like a fifteen minute time limit on them. We never threw those mm-hmm. suckers away after fifteen minutes. Let's be honest. Um, so if you get them fresh out of the oven, put a little extra dab of that butter on top. That's a good biscuit right there. So. There we go. Uh, maybe maybe if I get a double down, I'll tweet out a picture of it uh, during March Madness, um, and and everyone can be appalled that I'm that I'm eating this gargantuan chicken sandwich. <laughs> um, so there we go. That's one question. The second one is definitely Purdue related. Um, did you see the Nike sideline shirt that they uh, released today? Heart and soul, just yeah. not the right soul. It's it's awful. So. Uh, for those who have not seen it, this is every year during the NCAA tournament, Nike, along with uh, the other you know major athletic vendors, release mm-hmm. their what they call their sideline shirt or their warm up shirt. And shirt, yeah, yeah. For for every team, like for Nike, they're all the same, except they just like swap out the team name and the logo. So this one for Purdue, it's just a white long sleeve shirt. Purdue is in black, and underneath it, just outlined in gold. So white lettering, basically, it says soul, S-O-L-E, mm-hmm. and all that's all that's on the shirt, just Purdue soul. What are they trying to convey here? <laughs> uh, was last year's ball in? Yes. Okay. I liked ball in. I thought it was stupid. It's just going, going downhill. This is just awful. I, yeah, I, I don't know what they are trying to accomplish here it's definitely if you're trying to get media buzz it's working because this everyone has seen it and everyone is trashing it yeah i don't understand you have people who have literally a entire year to design something and 
this is what you come up with. Yeah, I don't, Just, mm, I don't understand bad. it at all. So I, I went and did a little Twitter research, uh, and someone tagged me in one of the other colleges uh, that, that put theirs out, and it was University of New Mexico, uh, the Lobo basketball Twitter account. And here's what their tweet says, which, by the way, they show an actual um, image of the shirt, like on a hanger, and it is just wrinkly. It looks weird. (laughs) It's like you couldn't have, you know, ironed it, at least for the promotional photo you're putting out here. Um, So this is what their tweet says. Nike has unveiled the 2023 March Madness warm-up tops, the Nike, all caps, SOUL series. Student-athletes leave their heart and, in quotes, SOUL, in quote, on the court, representing their school, family, teammates, and fans. We'll be wearing these next week, but you buy one now at the Lobo Den store. Go Lobos. So mm. we're, it's it's supposed to be a play on words for leaving your soul on the court, but it's Nike, so it's a shoe soul. Sure. I, <laughs> whatever they have to tell themselves, it's still awful. This This has big, like, I forgot I had an assignment do energy mm-hmm. like like someone told this this marketing intern like 20 minutes before the meeting oh hey did you get those shooting shirts done what shooting shirts yeah. no you know the ones that, that the teams wear before march madness um yeah i totally did that totally got that done um let me just go to my office and i'll um get the get the uh printouts ready for you yep i'll be right in that meeting i might be a minute late but i'll be there it's only four only four letters you had to come up with it's just it's so dumb. Mm-hmm. It is so dumb. And it, I will definitely not be purchasing one of these. No. Although I will say not the worst uniform decision I've ever seen made. Um, I know this sort of resurface was the Adidas um, neon oh, yeah. uh, uniforms. Yeah, those were just monstrosities. Those were very bad. I forget The what only years... one that was decent... I think it was like 2014, 2013, around there. The only one that I actually somewhat enjoyed was the one that made Baylor players look like a straight highlighter. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, Baylor looks like a highlighter sometimes anyway, so it, yeah. it kind of worked for them at least. Same way with, uh, well, it wouldn't have been Oregon because it was Adidas, but, you know, still yeah. not a great look. So uh, Nike just needs to do better, and they need to get Zach Eady some shoes. That's That's what I'm asking for. Yeah, they gave him the wrong type of soul. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So he gave him on his shirt, not on his feet. Yeah, yeah, he needs he needs it on his feet, uh, so we don't have a Zion Williams uh, situation. So there we go. Um, now we're gonna take a look. Uh, Big Ten standings. There are just Purdue has just two games left. Um, I think everyone at this point has um, at the most two games left. IU, I believe, only has one. Um, so we're looking at um, teams that could still uh, grab a share of the Big Ten title. Right now, Purdue 13-5, two games left, so the worst they can finish the season uh, in conference play is 13-7. and seven. Maryland, Northwestern, and Michigan all sit at 11-7. and seven. That means those three teams are the only ones that could possibly uh, share the title with Purdue. Uh, important to note, Maryland is playing right now at Ohio State, and they are actually losing uh, to Ohio State, which is surprising to me. Uh, currently 46 to 33, uh, in the second half. So not even particularly close. Maryland, Maryland on the road is just a different team, I guess. Um, it really is. So Ryan, do you think, I mean, are you still confident that Purdue can, can, 
in this season with an outright Big Ten title. I mean, two games left. All Purdue needs to do is win one of them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Purdue going to Wisconsin, who has struggled this year, uh, scoring points. They are 16-12 and 12 overall and 8-10 and 10 in conference. I, I think that's the game you more so think that Purdue will get it done. But in all honesty, I think Purdue is more than capable of going 2-0 and in their final two games and just taking a 15-5 and conference record for the outright champion. Um, it's they've just played too well this season. Let this uh, slip, and I think they'll get it done. Especially ah. since they had some time off since the IU game, they probably have a very sour taste in their mouth. So they're probably just gonna go out there and put it all on the court. Yeah, I hope you're right. Um, especially, I don't know if you've paid attention. Illinois has had a couple weird things going on today. Um. They had one of their players, there's an indication that he had some sort of illness and wound up, um, I think, in the hospital, but has been released. Uh, Yeah, Jaden Epps went down yesterday in practice, was in the hospital overnight. Um, There's no indication in the information that's released kind of what the injury is or if it it was just him being sick. I don't know. There was no um, real indication. And then in addition... Um, Michael Meyer. Yeah, the uh, that's the one that I heard about was the Michael Meyer one. Oh, Matthew Mayer. Oh, okay. He, yeah, he whatever his name is. Said he's M-M. been been sick the past few days with quote caffeine poisoning. End quote. Ooh. Said he drank five Monster Energy drinks while playing video games on Sunday, at, and this is his first day back at practice. What is going on in Illinois? He's probably had a Twitch stream going. Probably an all night marathon. I had to get the monster going. I guess. I actually know a kid who had something similar to that when I was in middle school, when monster was big, big, and he had to get his appendix removed from it. What? Yeah. So it it definitely happens, but, like, you should not not be drinking five monsters in a single night. No. Uh, I I put this out on Twitter. I I understand what he's saying because I had to drive uh, one time to a friend's wedding uh, from – I can't remember if we lived in Virginia or Maryland at the time, uh, but regardless, you know, it's like a 10-hour drive, and I was driving um, through the night because I had to get there early, and so I grabbed, like, four Monster Energy drinks, bought bought four of them, so I drove all the way to West Lafayette, and I had, a like, a couple-hour break, and I had had three Monster Energy drinks on this nine-hour drive, and I tried to lay down and take a nap, like so that I could be ready for the last couple hour drive uh, to Illinois where I was going for this wedding. And like, I just laid down and it was like, my heart was like, nope, no sleeping. It was like, you are awake. So it was like, okay. So I just like, I got up, I had food, I ran an errand or two. And I was like, I guess I'm just leaving now. But I really was, it was like so hyped. I was like, my heart would not stop. So I understand what he's saying, but I've never ever seen that from like a, an injury report perspective. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Like you'd think you would not think that these players would be allowed to do that. Like their trainers would just tell them no. Right. I mean, obviously this is not trainer endorsed. It could not have been, but still, I mean, as the athletes who've been drilled about their health from day one, probably since middle school and even earlier, you'd think they'd have, they know not to do that. Right. Yeah. Hey, you know, sometimes you just 
you lose it a little bit, and apparently you get poisoning from caffeine. I guess. I guess. It's uh, it's one of those things, it just reminds you that these are college students, and they are mm-hmm. going to do stupid things, and sometimes that will come out in, you know, kind of silly ways like this versus, you know, the situations at Georgia, Alabama, elsewhere that, you know, we're we're not going to get into. So uh, those are the, the awful ways that the uh, idiotic college student things can come to light. But this Illinois <laughs> thing, we hope he's okay, but it just, it seems kind of silly. It's like, uh, gosh, I can't remember how many years ago it was. Um, there was a pitcher for the Detroit Tigers. I think it was Joel Zamaya who injured himself playing Guitar Hero too much. Like, he uh, he, he, he played it so much that, like, he tightened his forearm or something. I've never, I've yeah. never really got the full story of, like, if that was his, his the real thing that happened or if he was kind of mm-hmm. uh, trying to just cover up for something worse. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, he actually – so I'm Googling it to make sure I'm right. Yeah, and it was Joel Zamaya, and he missed part of the ACL – ACLS – ALCS, geez. Uh, too much Purdue injuries on my mind, apparently, the ACLS. Uh, yeah, he once missed part of the ALCS because of an injury playing Guitar Hero. Wow. Mm. Although, yeah, I mean... although later uh, it came out apparently that that was a cover and it was not true. Um, but I can't see the actual uh, real reason in front of me. Right. And, like, it makes sense for the professional athletes. There's a reason they put clauses in there that you cannot, like, if you're a football player, you cannot go skiing. There's a reason. People do dumb things and they get hurt. And, but, unfortunately, you don't have a contract as a college basketball player. So, it's a little, the reins are a little more uh, loose. Yeah. Yeah, everybody has something in their contract like like that, unless you're Michael Jordan and you get your for love of the game uh, clause in there so you can play basketball whenever you want. So uh, just the one final note on Joel Zamaya. It said uh, he now says that Guitar Hero story was not true and it was just a cover. Calling the Guitar Hero story, though, his final answer uh, while refusing to disclose the actual source of the injury but admitted that, quote, it was some bogus stuff. So whatever that means. Uh, okay. Yeah, so I don't know what's going on there, but uh, hopefully hopefully the guy from Illinois is just fine. Uh, but it's, it's a strange situation that they've got two seemingly bizarre injuries right now. Purdue, of course, plays them in the final home game of the season, so uh, they may be shorthanded. We, we, we don't know. We'll, we'll uh, follow this and update you on the next episode, but... You know, so we've got a few teams that still have a chance at the Big Ten, but Purdue still does control their own destiny, win either of their remaining two games, and it's an outright title, and we don't have to worry about any of these people who are saying, well, it's only a shared title, blah, blah, blah. But as I said in the last episode, I would love it to be outright, but if it's shared, it's shared, um, and ultimately we won't remember that it's shared, you know, in 20 years. So, uh, Ryan, any final thoughts on the state of the Big Ten race? Um... I mean, I just look forward to the mass chaos that will ensue between spots two and nine, where everyone's going to be just fighting for a double buy, it seems like. Yeah. Yeah, I saw, um, you know, IU lost to Iowa. Was it yet? I think it was yesterday. And because because of that, they fell to all the way to sixth place uh, were Mm. the Big Ten tournament to start. So 
going going from tied for second to sixth place just with one loss is a heck of a drop because that moves them out of the double bye. Um, and then, you know, so they now have to play one more game if they want to get to the Big Ten championship game. So yep. really, really tough for those groups right in the middle. Um, right now there are three teams clumped right there, and we'll see if any of them uh, can truly distinguish themselves. So that's Maryland, Northwestern, and Michigan. So there we go, folks. Uh, that is a look around the Big Ten. We're going to take a break, come back, and take a look at our next game against Wisconsin. And we are back. So, as promised, a look ahead to Purdue's next game, which is going to be Thursday night at the Kohl Center in Madison, Wisconsin. This is a Wisconsin team that Purdue has not yet played this season. I was talking to Ryan before we started recording that it's so strange for Purdue that, you know, we're 18 games into the Big Ten season, two games left, and Purdue is playing Wisconsin and Illinois, two teams that they have not played yet this season. Uh, seems very bizarre to wind up in this situation, but um, that just means, you know, for us here on the podcast, we get to learn a little bit more um, about a team that we we haven't seen in person yet. So, Ryan, I know you are going to be going to this game. Uh, you, got, you got the credential approval for us. Uh, have you ever been to the Cole Center? I have. One of the couple that I've been to. Yep, I have taken the trek up to the Land of Cheese. Okay. Land of Cheese, you know, I do love love a good uh, good cheese, get some cheese curds while you're up there, I'm sure. Um, what has your experience been at the Kohl Center? I, I've never been myself. Uh, it's been pretty good. Um, the game, Purdue did win, so that obviously helps your right. uh, Makes the taste you have in your mouth of any place. So one of my um, – one of the best places I've been to – um, definitely we were sort of just in the nosebleeds, but even still it was a fun experience and they do it pretty nice up there. So, um, I've been talking to Casey. Casey is in love with that city. So, um, he absolutely just loves the bar scene and whatnot. Probably have to figure out something to do up there outside of the game, but yeah, been, been a good experience overall. Good, good. Now, when you went to the Kohl Center, was this with the paint crew or was this just with um, other folks? Some friends. Okay. All right. So I'm I'm glad uh, we got that credential approved for you. Good to have you uh, on the scene. So hopefully you'll see a good game and, you know, it could be the game where Purdue clinches the outright Big Ten title. So um, looking at Wisconsin, as I said, not a team Purdue has seen yet this year with just two games to play in the conference season to go. Um, so... Wisconsin sits at 16 and 12. They're currently 10th in the Big Ten. And as you said uh, just before we started recording here, they're a confusing team. Um, they've got <laughs> some good wins. They've got some bad losses. They've got some really close losses. Um, they took Kansas to overtime, only lost by one, 69 to 68. Uh, they beat Marquette. Um, Marquette, obviously, we know is a, is a pretty good team. Purdue played them as well, but now they're ranked in the top 10. Um, they beat them 80 to 77 in overtime. You know they've they've beaten Maryland. Uh, they beat Iowa, but at the same time, they just in conference play they cannot seem to put anything together. Um, you know they lost to Nebraska. They lost to Rutgers. They've lost to Michigan. They've lost to Illinois. So they're just a weird team overall. Um, mm -hmm. Ryan, uh, what do you? What can you tell me about this Wisconsin team? What does Purdue need to look out for? Who's the star? Um, what are they good at? What are they bad at? Well, 
there is no real star on this team. Um, they have four players who all average between 11 and 12 points. In Chucky Hepburn, Connor Sejian, I think that's how you pronounce it, Stephen Crowell, and Tyler Wall. So the four of them together score about 46 a game. Other than that, they have a couple players who are scoring you know, between 5 and 10 in uh, Johnny Davis's brother, Jordan, who, Max Klesman. No no offense to Jordan, not near as good as his brother. Yeah, it's not like you're Keegan and Connor. Yeah. Or they're your Murphy brothers. So, um, yeah, so they, they just have a problem scoring, it seems. They're averaging 65 a game, but in Big Ten play, they have some real just ugly scores. They put up 45 against Indiana, 55 against Maryland, Oof. 51 against Illinois. So, more times than not, Wisconsin is scoring less than 60 points a game, and it has not been pretty. When you have a team that can't score, you like that, but on the flip side, their defense has been really putting in work there. That Wisconsin team that doesn't turn the ball over, like, ever... But they force some steals. You know, they force, um, what is it, six steals a game. So that's, that's pretty good. A plus. That's pretty good. Yeah. So, and one thing they are really not efficient at is free throw shooting. They are shooting 66% from the line this season. Oh, wow. That's not, not good at all. No. So, you like to say that this should not be that difficult of a game for Purdue, but. They're just such an odd team this year. They haven't had a winning streak since January 3rd, but they also have alternated wins and losses their past eight or nine games. So, And they lost their last game. So yeah. if we believe in uh, continuing patterns, that's one thing. But Purdue may have to try and break this pattern. Yeah, let, let's hope so. It's so interesting to me because... You know, during the time I was in college, the Kohl Center was this mythical place where no one won a basketball game except for Wisconsin. Right. Uh, it's where teams went up to to die. You know, it's where um, no one ever won a game. And then suddenly Purdue broke the curse. Purdue broke the spell um, and would win there almost every year, it seemed like. Um and now the Cole Center really has lost seemingly so much of its magic. Um, I don't know if that is because of you know the retirement of Bo Ryan a few years back and Wisconsin is just kind of maybe they're coming back down to a pre-Bo Ryan era. I don't know, but it, it's been quite a shock to see Wisconsin not in the top four of the Big Ten Conference because they've been in the top four just seemingly year in and year out for the past you know dozen years. Um, it, it's, it really, it, I mean, it's shocking to me because no matter what they lose, no matter what they uh, have walking out the door each year, you could almost just pencil them in for a top four finish and they're not meeting those expectations this year. Um, I know one thing we, we usually talk about on the podcast is uh, how tall is the tallest player? Do they have anybody who can uh, compete with Zach Eady, whether that be offensively or defensively? What can you tell me about that? Yep, so they do have a seven-footer. Stephen Crowell is seven foot tall. So the problem is he gives up four inches to Zach Eady, 
but he's also only 245 pounds. He's pretty lanky. Ooh. Yeah, not very big. So, so I think he's given up about 50, 55 pounds to Zach Eady. I think Zach Eady's 290. 290-ish, I believe, yeah. Yeah, so um, we'll see. I mean, obviously, everyone, when it comes to your big man, you're never going to have them go one-on-one, it seems, anymore against Zach Eady. It's always going to be some sort of double, unless you're Tom Izzo. Right. Um, so, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter as much just because Zachy is not going to go one-on-one bully down and get to his right hook. But knowing that, that that's still possible um, is always nice. But a seven-footer is something that Edie hasn't really gone up against that much this season, especially not a starting seven-footer. Normally it's your third-string guy who is just in there to um, – to pick up fouls and give your other guys a breather. Yeah. Yeah. We've seen a lot of that where you, you see a guy come in who's like seven foot one, seven foot. And you're like, who is this guy? Like no one just mm-hmm. has it. Cause he never plays, but he's in there really um, just to go after Zach Eady and kind of rattle him. So it's an interesting situation, hopefully. And I, and I would imagine Edie will be prepared. He's faced bigger, uh, not well, he's faced better big men so far this season. And I don't expect, uh, that Wisconsin will be the team to stop him. But I, I think, to your earlier point, I think this is a game that Purdue should win. I think, just like it it has as of late, I think so much of this is going to come down to, can Purdue shoot? Um, right. You know, when... It sounds, it sounds so stupid and so obvious, but when Purdue doesn't shoot the three very well, they're going to lose. Um, Zach Eady can make up for a lot of things. He can cover up a lot of blemishes, but... It's hard to have him cover up everything when your team shoots, you know, twelve percent from beyond the arc. Um, yeah, he's a safety valve, and he's he's a huge band aid that can cover a lot of mistakes and a lot of wounds. But you know, he can't cover everything, so he's got to have some help on the perimeter. And I really hope guys like Braden Smith, Fletcher Lawyer, uh, Brandon Newman, Mason Gillis, Jenkins Jr. can can step up and give him a little something. Yeah, and to your point. Zach Eady can't do it all, but Zach Eady is also the reason that these shots are opening up. Like, those opportunities are there. They just have not been taking uh, advantage of them recently. So, for a young team, it's important for them to just keep shooting, and I'm sure Matt Painter knows that and realizes that. So, I like I like their ability to get open shots it's just a matter of making them as you said yeah so if Zach Eady keeps doing what he does I don't think it will be in vain more or less I think good results will come from it eventually um or they'll just get back onto the level they were earlier in the season because they've had ups and downs all season with shooting so hopefully they're getting back to the upswing yeah, yeah, that's my hope as well. Um, and I agree with you that they just have to keep taking the shots, even if they're not falling. We can't be a team that is afraid to shoot from three-point range. Um, right. I, I think you've seen that somewhat in Lawyer and Smith. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's because they're freshmen or because the shots have just not been falling recently, but I think you've seen more hesitation from both of them in these last few games, especially the losses, Whereas, you know, in the game um, earlier in the season in Philly against Penn State, 
you saw them struggle in the first half, but you saw them come out firing in the second half once Lawyer came back in the game. And in the post-game interviews, you know, both Lawyer and Smith um, talked about how their teammates believe in them, their coaches believe in them, they tell them just to keep shooting. So I think as long as they have that attitude, the shots will find their way to fall. Um, but they're not going to fall if you if you never take them. So they've got to keep finding a way to build that confidence back up and take the open look. I understand they want to not be selfish. They want to look for the best shot. But as we've said on this podcast before, you absolutely have to sometimes settle for a good shot and not a great shot. And sometimes Lawyer and Smith can be a bit too unselfish in that regard, whether it's trying to be good teammates or maybe a little freshman uh, fatigue hitting setting in. Mm-hmm. Well, to bounce off of that, I kind of have a question for you. Okay. Spark a conversation. Do you think that Brandon Newman gets a start? I think he does. One of these two final years? I, I think okay. he does. If if I'm Painter, I'm re- I'm rewarding his effort from the IU game. Um, mm-hmm. He was out there busting his butt on defense, poking balls away, getting steals, um, trying to make something, anything happen. And I loved the energy he gave. I loved the effort he gave. Um, and I think even if he doesn't you know, ultimately get many more minutes than he usually does, I think giving him the starting opportunity is a good signal for the team that says, if you put in the effort, if you go out there and hustle, if you do what we need you to do as a team, you're going to get rewarded. And I think that's something that Painter tends to do. Um, especially if the team has been struggling. He's not afraid to shake up that starting lineup. Um, do you think Newman is going to get the start? I think he deserves the start. Let me start there. But I don't know if he'll get it, and that's simply just because at this point in the season, you really want to start tinkering with lineups. So I understand with the minutes and everything, it's just um, Matt Painter has been – at times with his starting lineups, maybe not with his rotations, kind of bullish. So I can see him saying, you know, going with the same group and just swapping quickly. But um, definitely think Brendan Newman deserves it. But I'm not quite sure he will get a start. Yeah, it'll well, it'll be interesting to see. It's one of the storylines we can look forward to. Um, I guess it'll be today because this podcast is coming out on Thursday. So this is a 9 p.m. tip. Um, how long of a drive is it for you up to the Kohl Center? Are you staying somewhere or are you coming home after the game? Um, I am, at this point, coming home after the game. So it's about 2 hours and 15 minutes. Okay. So okay. it's not too awful. It's 8 Central, too. So I Oh, that's right. Time. That's right. Central time. Yeah, you lucky people in Central time. Every, every time I see a <laughs> 9 p.m. start, I'm like, oh, to live, you know, to live in Central time or further, further west right. would be great. Um, but yeah, so um, I'm really looking forward to to this game because it gives Purdue a chance to get back, you know, onto the right side of the ledger, and it gives them a chance to clinch the outright title, um, shut that door on the rest of the conference, and it's a team we haven't seen, and I think that could be helpful because um, you know you can game plan for Zachy D. I think a little better once you've seen him in person. You can watch all the film you want, all the tape you want, but until you see him in person, I don't think it's very easy to kind of simulate what he can do uh, in practice. So I think that does give Purdue a bit of an advantage, and I think it's one reason that I'm I'm 
maybe a little more bullish on our chances in the NCAA tournament than a lot of other people are. I think it's just so hard to prepare for a guy like Zach Eady. Yeah, they don't have many coaches who can stand at seven foot four. Yeah, yeah, you gotta have you gotta have a guy like Brandon Brantley who can. Uh, not only is he a big guy, but then he can stand there with the pads, you know, on his arms mm. and and just beat the crap out of Edie. So uh, <laughs> hopefully, hopefully our opponents don't have a guy like Brantley on the staff. So um, final thoughts here on Wisconsin before we head out for the evening. Uh, uh well, uh, let's find out if I am truly the curse or yeah. not. The new curse, I should say, may have to uh, put a hold on any future credentials. Well, I'll tell you, we, we already got you approved for the Big Ten tournament, did we not? Uh, I believe that com- we find out on Friday. Okay, so I'll tell you, if if um, if you lo- if Purdue loses this game in Wisconsin, I may have to revoke that credential from you um, and <laughs> you not get a go to the Big Ten tournament in Chicago, even though I know it's it's in your neck of the woods. I'm not sure we want you there. Yeah, that's a solid like half hour from me, the United Center. We'll see. Uh, I'm prepared to wear a different polo this time. There you go. There you go. Maybe that will spark it. Okay. All right. See, I love it. You're thinking outside the box. You're you're understanding sports, uh, sports um, superstitions. superstitions. Yeah, superstitions, yeah. and you're ready to go. So change up whatever you need to change up, uh, and let's hope it is not you. So there you go, folks. That is. <laughs> the very first episode of the Boiler Alert podcast. We're going to leave you with our new music as we head out uh, for the evening. Just a reminder, if you're interested in more music, this is More Animal. You can find them on Twitter, uh, and they've got links everywhere you'll need to go to find all that music. So thanks so much for listening. Stick with us through this transition, folks, and boiler up. Hammer down. Hammer down.